0: I had to Google what a financial mediator was, but how do you know when you need one? <laughs> when you can't stop throwing plates. <laughs> breaking
1: everything the, up.
2: Right, right around the same time you start Googling divorce lawyers. That's probably when around the time. When you bring out the baseball bat. <laughs> yeah.
1: Dear Shandy.
0: Welcome back to Dear Shandy, listeners. Hi, Andy. Hello. Today's a big day.
2: Big day. Special guest.
0: Very special guest. It's one of our hot topics. Mm-hmm. Because I would say finances are among the top three questions asked. Top,
2: top three pillars of broken relationships, I think. <laughs> oh,
0: God. Yeah. So our guest today is kind of a big deal. She is the founder and CEO of Clever Girl Finance, She's a certified financial education instructor and money expert. I mean, I'm going to go on and on. She's a speaker and podcast host. She's the author of two books, and her goal in general is to bridge the financial education gap and support women creating their own paths to financial success. Our guest today is Bola Shukunbi.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm excited to chat with you guys.
0: All right, so as you know, our podcast is all about relationships, and I don't think it's any secret that money is kind of, it's a bit of an issue with relationships. It's sort of taboo. It tends to be a frequent pitfall, I think, for a lot of couples. And so a lot of our questions today will be surrounding those pitfalls. Mm
1: -hmm. So,
0: So we'll just start early on. Do you think that there's a must financial conversation that a couple should have before moving in together?
1: Yes, I definitely think there is a must. Um, I think there there also is a way you approach that must. But before you move in together, you know, because at the point you choose to move in together, you are in a serious relationship, or I'm assuming that's what it is. And um, there's a chance that you guys are going to be splitting bills, talking about finances because you're living in the same space. So at the very least, you want to understand what's your budget for where we're moving into, right? What bills are you going to pay? What bills am I going to pay? How are we going to pay for groceries and electricity that we use jointly? And then, you know, if this is a true serious relationship and you you see yourself being with this person long-term into the future, then you want to know some of their financial history and their financial baggage <laughs> and their financial goals. However, um, this is not a conversation you need to have in one sitting. This is something that, as your relationship progresses, you know, do you have student loans? What are your goals in the next five years? Um, When do you want to retire? How many kids do you want to have? Those are all things, questions that tie into money. So having those conversations ongoingly as time progresses in your relationship are definitely must-have topics to discuss.
2: Yeah. No, I I just in my experience with men, um, I've had friendships broken up by money, you know, friends I've gone into business with, I think money is just such a sore topic.
0: Yeah, so it stands to reason that if you're actually gonna live under the same roof and pay the same rent together and pay right. bills together that.
2: Well, it's sort of like a business, like when you get, I mean, it, it's, it's that's a cold way of looking at it, but when you move in with someone and you start a lifelong relationship, it is has some aspects of a business. And, and I know from experience, as I just said, is going into business with friends can lead to very serious relationship problems. So it's obviously a very delicate topic. And I agree with your sort of piecemeal aspect, like you just kind of hit it one little bit at a time over the course of several months. But um, sometimes it might be too late by the time someone finds out <laughs> things that they should have found out early on. Which is why sometimes I guess there needs to be sort of a heavy conversation up front.
0: Well, and I like Bola, that you touched on how the conversation should be ongoing, because that was another question that I received from our listeners, which was, is this sort of a one and done, you know, let's sit down and talk about our finances and okay, <laughs> good head shake from you there. Yeah, It's an yeah, ongoing. It's never, yeah,
1: it's never one and done. I think that's a mistake people make that, oh, we're going to talk about, we'll go to premarital counseling and we'll talk about money and everything else, and then we're done. No, it's ongoing, right? And just to your point about marriage being a business, if we're being objective, we take emotion and put it aside. If you get married to somebody, that is a contractual agreement. (laughs) When -hmm. you think about it, right? you sign the dotted lines. In a relationship, not so much, but it's kind of in like a non-marriage relationship, but it's kind of established because you guys are living in the same place, right? You have this level of commitment to each other. So it's it can never be a one-time conversation because if that happens, then you guys start to veer off on different paths when it comes to finances. You'll fight a lot of fights about money. Money is the number one reason for divorce next to infidelity. And so this is something that you know, sitting down together, having conversations about money, even if it's like talking about your your monthly budget, talking about what you guys want to accomplish in January or in the next year, buying a home together. How are we going to save for this home? How are we going to pay for that vacation? How are we going to plan to retire early? These are all ongoing conversations. And I think with individuals, especially depending on your relationship and your history with money, it can be difficult to have a money conversation. Um, and also, if you Don't really know your partner's love language so well. um, It can be hard to broach that topic with someone without feeling like, without them feeling like you're being the dictator or you're trying to tell them what to do. And I had, I had to navigate all that stuff in the beginning of my marriage. I kind of figure out our love language when it came to money specifically. Oh.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, do you mind elaborating on that a bit? So, love language with money specifically. Are you talking about the love languages in general, or do you think that there's a different set of love languages? Or do you think it's like, I'm just curious. That wasn't on my list of
1: questions, but I
0: can't help but ask.
1: I'm not an expert at, you know, I've read the five love languages, but I'm not an expert out at... You know, I'm not the psychologist that figured that out, but I will say when it comes to the topic of money, there is a specific approach to it, right? Um, You know, there are conversations you can have with your partner when it comes time to cleaning up the house, who's going to do what, (laughs) who's going to go get the groceries, who's going to watch the kids, things like that. But when it comes to money, money is something that um, a lot of people, just based on how they are raised, there's a lot of things that people typically have not unpacked with their Just relationship with money. Why do you feel money is good or not good? Why do you feel you can be successful or not successful as it relates to finances? People have all these internal things Mm -hmm. that they deal with around money, especially when it comes to guilt and shame about money mistakes, about feeling you haven't accomplished certain things by a certain age. So when somebody else comes to you, knowing that you may have all this baggage, watching your parents manage money. So when you factor in all of this baggage that people have around finances, and then you go approach them about, well, I want to know what your goals are. I want to know when you're going to pay off this debt. Um, How much are we saving every month? It can become, they can put up walls. Like, why are you trying to tell me what to do with my money? Why are you trying to unpack this painful memory or painful situation I'm going through? So what I found in my personal relationship is that, you know. I used to be, I like to be very organized. I'm organized in the house. And my husband will kind of go with that flow of tidying up, let's do this, let's do that. And so when it came to organizing our finances, it was a whole different ballgame because he would put up his guard immediately, right? So it wasn't like, let's get organized to clean the house. This was, let's get organized with our finances, getting married. And we both got married a little later. Uh, we were 29. So we had our own established financial lives ongoing, right? So I had to figure out um, how to approach him so that the conversation was not shut down immediately. I brought up a topic of money. And I realized that with us, Talking about money has to be part of our general conversation. Oh, my God. Did you see what happened on Vikings or Game of Thrones? By the way, we should be saving $500. Nice yes. segue.
2: Very good segue. By like the way, that. Vikings was a
1: major quarantine
0: show for us. We yes, binged we the entire thing. <laughs> yes,
2: and probably talked about money at some point yeah, during
0: sure, Vikings. Yeah, I'm sure, yeah. It's long, so awesome. it a long season. <laughs>
1: So I would try to build in, you know, the relationships happening there. Wow. I wonder how they manage their money. I mean, I'm being kind of, I'm joking around now, but I, that's, I, it has to be very, very casual. Mm. It, it could not, it can't be a production for him. Mm. Otherwise it's just too much.
0: I, yeah. I can see how, depending on the personality type you're dealing with and what emotional baggage they might have around money, it could feel like judgy and just like a lot coming At once, because interestingly, a good third of the questions we got were as much about how to broach topics as they were about the topics themselves, which I think is interesting.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's one of those things. It's like it's like talking about defining the relationship. Like you can't be like, okay, we have to talk. (laughs) Like, what's going on with this relationship? I want to know. It's got to be like it's got to flow. And this is one of those things. I totally agree.
0: Oh, would you say that a couple's ability to talk you know, harmoniously or productively about topics like this can reflect on their chances for success? I know that's an extreme question, but, you know, if you can't talk about money without fighting, is that a a sign or a bad
1: sign? Um... If you can't talk about money without fighting, that is not a good sign, right? Um, If you can't talk about money at all, doesn't necessarily mean you cannot have a successful marriage. It just depends on how you, in your relationship, choose to manage money, right? Are your finances joint? Are your finances separate? Sometimes it's determining, okay, who's going to pay for what? Um, I'm paying for the mortgage. You're paying for the utilities. And that's just a conversation. I do my savings. You do your savings. Some relationships thrive that way. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I believe that in a relationship, if you're going to share everything, your bed, <laughs> your, you know, everything else, yeah. you might as well talk about money and you guys are a team and when you can talk about it and plan together, you're more likely to be successful, uh, more successful than if you isolate and keep things separated. But again, it depends on the individuals, but there has to be conversations, um, about finances, whether your finances are joint or separate because you guys are a team, So Bola, you just handed me a
0: perfect segue, (laughs) because this was hands down the most popular question. Uh, Do you think there is a better way to be with your finances, joint or separate? I'm sure you get asked this all the time, but I have to ask you.
1: (laughs) Yes. And there are different gospels out there. Um, You know, your finances should be joint, your finances... I hear a lot of your finances should be joint. Um, if you're in a relationship, you shouldn't have any secrets, etc. And this is not about secrets. I believe that when two people are in a relationship, the two people need to figure out what works for them that minimizes conflict and allows them to succeed. And if that means joint fi- finances, great. If that means separate finances, great. If that means a hybrid where some of your finances are joint and some other things are separate, great. And also, you know, joint finances are easier for couples who get together when they're much younger, like really young couples. It's easy to blend your finances, but when you're more established, you have your own career, you've made your own money, you have all these things going on. It's difficult to want to merge your finances, especially if your partner is not quite where you are, or you are not quite where your partner is. So I feel however you choose to manage your finances, that works for you is what works. But what's most important here is communicating, having the conversation, talking about money. So my husband and I, we have uh, when we first got married, we had separate finances. And over time, we progressed to having partially joint and partially separate finances. So we don't share a daily checking account. And I don't need to explain to him when I spend $500 or I go get my hair done or I get, go get my nails done because we <laughs> he doesn't need to so know that. stuff. <laughs> exactly. But there is a conversation that if I'm going to be spending a certain amount of money that I know mm. is not normal spend, we have a conversation. There is a conversation that if I want to buy something really expensive, knowing that we have joint goals or he wants to buy something really expensive knowing that we have joint goals we have a conversation about it first we don't just show up with the new chanel handbag or the (laughs) 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 the new sports car it doesn't work like that (laughs) we talk about it first so whatever works for you the the foundational aspect is communication gotcha
0: okay so then based on that and i mean this is again another faq and I'm sure you get asked this all the time. But do you think those expenses, whether or not it's joint or separate, th- that do you think the expenses should be split proportionately based on income? <laughs>
1: That's a tough question. So again, this depends on the relationship, right? There are some couples that feel everything should be split down. However, you know, it's it's important to make sure that you're both on the same page as it relates to everything split down. I've talked to people who feel resentment um, when they're getting asked to split $10 or $25, right? Like, when do you let it go? <laughs> when yeah. do you let the splitting go? And then also, so it, it comes down to really knowing your partner. Is your partner just very particular about his dollars and cents? Like when you were dating or as you were dating and you planned that first vacation, this is the perfect time to assess the situation. Your first vacation, your first trip together, um, or let's say your first dates or dating, right? Because we can't really travel right now. And when the bill comes, right? So from a female perspective, when the bill comes, is he like well? That'll be fifteen dollars and thirty-five cents. Oh. Give it back to me oh. <laughs> on the vacation. He's like, well, you know, I paid for the flights, but you know, you owe me seven hundred dollars and twelve cents. Like, is that how he is? And is that how you are? And knowing that that's how both of you are, are you okay with this, or do you expect sometimes to be spoiled? And like, oh, girl, I got the dinner every single time. Don't ever worry about dinner in your life. <laughs> I'm always going to pay. Or are you going to be the, the girl that offers, you know what? Let me cover dinner this time. But then what if he's like, you covered dinner last time. How about you just cover dinner forever? So as you date, <laughs> as you get to know each other, start to pay attention to these nuances. And then based on that, you can decide, okay, you know what? I can deal with this person or you know what? This is absolutely not going to work for me.
2: That's a that's a huge turn on, right? Splitting the check, guy off <laughs> on the first date, especially. First
1: <laughs>
0: <day>. That's <laughs> Not it.
2: So like that. That's it. Just like right home, <laughs> right to the bed.
0: So, okay. So, what I'm <clears throat> hearing then is it's sort of case by case, and sort of a, each individual figuring out what is a deal breaker for them in terms of how how minuscule a separation of money we're talking. If if you do need the extra twelve cents, Andy, do you want to ask your question? Because this was. Another interesting one where, where oh, we do talk yeah. about gender, well, gender roles, and sort of you yeah. know society and tradition.
2: Yeah, I mean, is it? I know it's it's a traditional mindset, but is it okay f- to just have the man shoulder most of the burden because he's a man?
0: Do you think that's yeah, socially? <laughs> I, I
2: I mean, I'm, I'm asking for my brothers. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, don't get me in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, it depends on the relationship, right? Um, we live in a world where a lot of women are breadwinners, sole household earners. Many women are earning more than their spouses, right? So should a man who's under-earning his, his partner um, pay? I, I think there should be some evenness in who is shouldering work based on income. Hmm. Uh, but then again, there are some men who are raised in very traditional households, and it's I don't care what my wife or my partner makes, I'm going to take care of this family because that's what I was raised to do. Again, it boils down to the couple. I do find sometimes that, uh, and I'm not going to group everybody, but I've seen experience, I've seen, I've encountered people where they have this burden as a man to take care of their families. And when they see their wives doing better than them financially, it becomes a point of resentment and jealousy Mm -hmm. because they did not expect to be in a relationship where their wife was the breadwinner. It's a challenge for them, Mm -hmm. whereas there are guys who are all about it. So again, it depends on the couple. But I think that there's a lot of flexibility in that standard now, especially given the fact that women are working. That mindset, that idea comes from way back when, where the man went out, the wife was a homemaker, but tables have turned now. And so it's perfectly fine for women to contribute. Um, What's not fine is when one person is a deadbeat in the relationship (laughs) and one person is shouldering the whole burden. That's not okay. (laughs) Yeah, regardless of
0: gender. Well,
2: I think there has to be a value Speaking of the ho- on the homemaking front, there has to be a value placed on housework, whether it be the kids or the cooking or the dishes or the cleaning. And I don't think enough attention is paid to that. But even though one partner might be making all the money, if someone else is doing all the housework, there's got to be a significant value placed on that.
0: So on that topic, then, because this was another question asked, what should a married woman do if they give up their career to raise children when it comes to finances?
1: So, um I know we're giving women, you all the tough tough ones. Many women <laughs> give up their careers to raise children and giving up income, giving up certain, you know, when you give up your career to raise children, you kind of let go of a the- of a part of yourself. Some women want to do that. They want to raise children. That's what they want to do. But, um, you know, children are a huge obligation and that is a job, right? I took I took a quiz one time. It was called the cost of everything I do that I don't get paid for. So as a mom, I am the driver, I'm the cook, I'm the nanny, I'm the cleaner, uh, I'm the everything. You right now manage. you're the, probably the teacher sometimes too. And, and the teacher, it's very overwhelming. And, you know, if that's the, if that's the role in the household where the mother is staying at home, then you know somebody has to shoulder the <laughs> financial obligations. Mm. Um, the challenge there then comes when um the the person who is bringing the income becomes a dictator and I've seen many instances where the mom's home taking care of the kids and she's asking for permission. oh, I want to buy a new outfit, oh, I want mm. to get my hair done. oh, can you give me money? I don't think personally I don't like that i I, I prefer that. It just made my skin crawl. Just even yeah, I I see that a lot. And and um, what I I prefer is if there's a designated amount for a home and house and family, and it's not questioned. And the wife manages that money accordingly based on the conversations you guys are having. But not oh, I've been at work all day. Why has been why has the air conditioning been on? I pay the bills in this house. That is just not the way to approach it. I see, Mm -hmm. and I've seen that happen. Unfortunately, a lot.
2: Well, that's that's like what I was talking about before. There's a significant portion of the GNP that's not accounted for. That's housework. Like it's huge. Yes. I don't. You probably know the statistic, but I remember reading about this. There's something enormous.
1: It's like, like a 6 the
2: job. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. The, the
1: quiz I took. This was before I added on teacher. Uh, the cost of everything I did that I was not being paid for was about an eighty thousand dollar annual salary. Amazing. Oh. And I Good thought job. that that was underpaid because I was female. It's <laughs> like
2: <laughs> so you were accounting for the fact that you're female. And a man, no doing, wave, yeah. a man yes. doing that 120000 Yes. Right. Unbelievable.
1: Oh, man.
0: Andy, we have our first ad.
2: We do. <laughs> yes.
0: What is it? I'm so excited about this.
2: Oh, it's a good one.
0: We uh, are advertising a bidet. <laughs>
2: not just any bidet it's not
0: just any bidet it's a bidet that you can affix to your existing toilet
2: with no electricity just and dic- no plumbing no plumbing
0: the reason we're advertising hello tushy bidet is because we were so stoked about it because it really is something that we like
2: and 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 also just as a side note during the the pandemic um charlene Uh, purchased some toilet paper from a very off-brand...
0: Oh, okay. Okay. Now, wait a minute. Anyone else... Anyone who is doing the grocery slash household... Oh, I'm not blaming you. Shopping?
2: I'm not blaming you. I I get it. don't you criticize the the one-ply
0: toilet paper purchase I made.
2: (laughs) I'm just saying that that toilet paper shredded my butthole.
0: And if you had had the Hello Tushy day, you would have been fine.
2: Would have been fine. And I would have not even had to worry about buying toilet paper. At all. You never have to buy toilet paper again. As a matter <laughs> of fact, you can just wash it and then dab it with a little towel. No, so it give sense. it some love. It
0: does make sense to use water. And also, you then use 80% less toilet paper.
2: 80% less toilet paper. So
0: it's good for the environment.
2: What would you pay for this? $100,000? 50000 $1,000,
0: <laughs>
2: 500
0: I would pay a lot more than it costs.
2: $79. <laughs> yes. 79 that really is an incredible value. It's The more insane. honestly, the more
0: I think about it, it's, it's like I, this should be a given.
2: Yeah, bidets are like made, f- like why, why, is why is are that? bidets a joke? <laughs> bidets are, should be the not joke. Toilet it, paper's a joke.
0: It's kind of true, actually. It's like having a faucet to wash your hands.
2: Yeah, you don't wash your hands with toilet paper.
0: And actually, you know what's funny? Is you wash your hands even though you don't actually have what we're talking about on your hands. imagine if your hands hands
2: were covered with poop. And you're like, oh, I know what I need. I need some toilet paper to wash my hands. (laughs) Oh, there we go. All nice and clean, ready to eat with. It's crazy.
0: It is crazy. It's madness. So if you want the Hello Tushy bidet in your life, you can get 10% off plus free shipping right now at hellotushy.com slash Shandy. That's hellotushy.com slash Shandy for 10% off and free shipping. hellotushy.com slash Shandy.
2: Respect the butthole. It is possibly the second most important hole in your whole body.
0: (laughs) So we cannot not talk about prenups. (laughs) Because this is another another hot topic. We were asked this very early on in our podcast, and we quickly realized that we're not equipped to talk about <laughs> it. And so now that we have you, we're going to grill you about it. Unromantic or smart?
1: Oh, God, prenups. Um, this have gotten people mad at me. Um, <laughs> it's I'll heated. It people, like, people
0: were... I either agreed with us or disagreed with us, but it was very like, people were passionate no matter what stance they took.
1: Yep. Yep. So, um, I, I would tell you, I do not have a prenup. Um, and I do not have a prenup because, you know, just culturally, it's not something that we do <laughs> where I come from, you know, and also getting married to this person, knowing that marriage is a contract or agreement, that is an emotional risk I've chosen to take. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, many people, do not agree with not having a prenup right they believe they should protect themselves especially if they're coming into a marriage with considerable assets or their partner has considerable debt whatever it might be and i believe that if you feel a prenup works for you then you should actually get one um, you know especially when there's a lot on the ta- on the table uh, but my husband and i when we got married we were very much i mean i was the breadwinner we were starting out um in many instances, him finishing school and things like that. Um, a prenup was, was never discussed because that's just not culturally what we do. And so, again, for me, it's an emotional risk. But if you have any question about it, you guys need to sit down and have a conversation about, should we have a prenup? What's going to be covered in this prenup? Um, but prenup or no prenup, I think anyone who is in a relationship um, and you begin to realize or see the early signs that this relationship is not going well, um, divorce. Um, you don't want to be with them. You need to start getting prepared. And that means that you need to have a get out of Dodge fund somewhere Mm
0: -hmm. so you
1: can get the hell out of Dodge when you need to get out of
2: Dodge. (laughs) (laughs) So like a post, a post nup
1: (laughs) for yourself. So I'm, I'm not for or against a prenup. I think each individual, um, each individual, um, decides that you know god forbid if i were to ever get divorced i'm not gonna just walk away and say oh my god you know i don't deserve this (laughs) i'm gonna get what (laughs) we're we're gonna divvy up what needs to be divvied up for the sake of our kids but um yeah whatever works for you i feel like
2: i feel like a marriage that needs a prenup is like porn you know it when you see it (laughs) right you know what I'm saying?
0: <laughs> kind of, okay. yes. But yeah, Bola, we're the, we're the same in that we didn't, we didn't, we don't have a prenup. And we didn't really talk about it. Like it was sort of, we just sort of were so in love and so confident that we just sort of leapt into it. And I think we were very lucky because that hasn't bit us in the ass or anything, but. Yet. <laughs> yet. <laughs> um, so prenups aside then. Any suggestions for how to be smart about finances when entering a marriage, just in case? Prenups just aside. in
1: case, yes. Yeah. So um, I believe that, I'm sorry, I'm going to speak from a woman's perspective. <laughs> yeah, please. Our, our listeners are 97% yeah, you're, you're, women. Yeah, you're safe with that perspective. <laughs> so, you know, I'm always going to have my own money. Um, it's always, it's always, I'm, I'm that girl that I always make the joke that what's, what's, what's yours is ours and what's mine is mine. <laughs> even though in the court of law that that will not hold up but you always want to have a fallback right um like i said if you know you want to you 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 sometimes you have an inkling in the back of your mind like deep deep there that this may not work out or you start to see the signs that this is not working out as soon as you feel that way it's time to start putting money aside right It's it's time to open a designated account put money aside know what all the assets are know what all their assets are and just protect yourself um growing up I got to watch my mom unfortunately console so many friends who were leaving bad relationships, abusive relationships, had no idea of the finances, had no options. Some of them were unable to leave. Some of them lost their spouses, unfortunately, um, illness, death, uh, and they did not know anything about the finances. So you want to know the state of your joint finances. It doesn't matter if it's joint or separate. And you want to have your own accounts just so this is, again, people will come for me when I say have your own account if you're married, but that's just, it's not a secret. You know, I have bank accounts. I have, savings My husband talks to me. We talk about them, but it's just my comfort zone. You know, I know that I can do what I want to do with this money, no questions asked. I can get the hell out of Dodge if I need to, pack my kids, and go. (laughs) I have options. Mm -hmm. Um, So this that's that's she's what got i her, feel about she's got it. her
2: offshore accounts swiss bank accounts caymans it's good stuff
0: but i'm an open <laughs> Smart book. Woman. okay no I'm i love hiding. it and I,
2: I, <laughs> <laughs> you're hiding it but openly
0: yes openly <laughs> i appreciate how pragmatic you are about that because i think a lot of people around this taboo topic it's like if you have your own separate thing or if you're thinking in that way then it's unromantic you know you're not mm. it somehow suggests the wrong tone for the relationship but like you said there is a marriage is contractual There there is a sort of business aspect to it and so it does make all the sense in the world but yeah I appreciate hearing that from you because I think a lot of people might assume that that's you know
1: just not as fairy tale like as you might want well I. That's- I- If we're being objective, if we're really being objective, I have no intention of ever getting divorced, right? But if we're really being objective, divorce in America is one in two, 50%. Yes. And then of that 50% that do get divorced, the two biggest reasons, number one, infidelity, the second is money, right? Mm -hmm. So- we, can, we need to take aside emotions and just be objective. And it's hard to do because it's like, oh my God, I love this person. They're so amazing. I want my marriage to last, blah, blah, blah. But when we're talking about finances, we need to be objective. And money is not emotional. Money is just money. It's a tool. It can help you. It can hurt you. Hurt you. It can, you know, it's how you leverage it and how you guys plan your relationship and plan your goals and leverage it to help you guys succeed. And so... Um, Yes, it's not romantic to plan for the worst, right? Um, but you still need to plan regardless. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you're you're not getting
0: any argument here.
2: I also think you have to be thinking about how serious marriage is in relation to that. Like one of the well, that's one what of the we said in that episode. For
1: what?
0: Well, because so in our first ever Q and A, this you know was one of the first questions we got: prenups, yay or nay? And <laughs> Andy, who by the way we. When we got married, he was 42. So you said you got married later. He got married super late. <laughs> and, and partially it's because you wanted to be 100% sure. And mm-hmm. basically the gist of what you were saying was be 100% sure.
2: Right. Be, one, be non-prenup sure when you get married. <laughs> that's, my, that's always been my feeling. Like I, I always said to myself, when I find a woman who I want to marry, that's going to be a woman that I'm comfortable giving all my wealth to. Yep without, you know, feeling like I got ripped off. And, and knowing
1: that if it doesn't work out, you can walk away knowing that even if your div- your assets are divided, it was a great relationship. It's not like, right. yeah, that's how I feel. Also, some people don't feel that way. Right. It's like the prince and the pauper. I'm a prince. I'm going to marry a pauper. I have to protect myself. And also mm-hmm. a lot of times when you think about it, the prenup is what you're coming into your marriage with, unless you agree to a postnup. nup me and my husband got married. I mean, there, uh, come on! There wasn't that much to <laughs> to fight about. Take it all. <laughs> There's nothing. <laughs> well, so
0: actually, that brings me to Andy. This was something you brought up,
2: right? I, I, I think I know the answer to this. I'm pretty sure, but I think a lot of people probably need to be educated on this. What assets are at at risk when you enter into a marriage with a prenup? No, without a prenup. With, without a with, prenup.
1: Without a prenup. Okay. Yeah. Everything. Everything well, from your property, your savings, your retirement accounts. Um
2: Okay, so my my understanding is that the the assets that are at risk in a marriage are the assets that were acquired post marriage. So if you if I owned a home for 20 years and I got married to Charlene, she would not have half of that home. But if I bought the home on the day after we got married, she would have half of the home. That's my understanding.
1: Yeah. I hope. <laughs> wait a
2: minute. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. Generally, <laughs> you <say> right? yes.
1: <laughs> Generally right, I'm not a lawyer and I don't know the individual state rules. Generally, that's what it is. But I've seen instances where just depending on the relationship when they bring everything, they have run all the numbers that a house needs to get sold, whether you had it before or not. Because we need to cover certain, right? So it could be a case where, okay, you saved all this money in your 401k, but you don't want to cash out your 401k, but she gets half or he gets half, right? What do you do? Well, you have this piece of real estate that's been sitting there and it has equity that you can use to cover that half. So that real estate gets sold to cover that half for him or her.
2: Oh, damn it. I So it depends on the
1: state. <laughs> it depends on the state. And then also, you know, I could say, well, you bought that house for a $100,000, but while we were married, I helped you improve it. I helped you grow your business. And now this house is worth 700000 We need to split that 600 grand because I was part and parcel of, this is very random, right? random example, but how it just depends. It's complicated. Yeah. No, that's it's random, but realistic. It's know. a realistic example.
2: Yeah. I didn't know that.
1: Yeah. Makes sense. Start. Makes total sense. Okay, you here. have to sell
2: the apartment. If you never sell the apartment, it's always yours. But once you sell the apartment, it's now money and that money is split. Yeah. It's okay. That makes sense. Asking, I never thought of that. Still
0: asking for a friend. Andy.
2: <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah. My friend, my friend was thinking of an exit plan. I don't, I don't know. if he There's that
1: calculated. movie, The First Wives Club. It's one of my favorite movies. I love that movie. Where she's She's she her husband is trying to get um, all this money because they didn't have a prenup and she sells all their assets to their friends for a dollar and she brings 50 cents to their office to his office. And she's like, here's your half. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I loved the movie. It's a good one. So another uh, frequently asked question is revolving debt and how much of your partner's existing debt could become your responsibility and does it become your responsibility?
1: You know, to be honest, I don't know the true answer to this question. Um, I love that you just said that.
0: I have a thing about people who... Pretend to know answers to things they don't know the answers to. And, you know, when you ask someone for like directions on the street and they're like, yeah, it's that way. And it turns out they were
1: <laughs> wrong. I'm like, why did you say anything? Just say you don't know.
2: Uh, I'm so not a eager lawyer. To There's help. Some
1: things I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. I don't know all the state laws. Like, don't quote me on my prenup stuff. Uh, <laughs> but in terms of debt, I do know that if um for instance, a partner passes away, there is some some debt that is inherited and some debt like unsecured debt that just goes away, right? Mm. So for example, I think a mortgage is not unsecured debt, right? So if your partner passes away and you you live in the house, then you lose the asset if you cannot pay the mortgage, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that might be similar to student loans. I'm not sure, don't quote me, but it depends. However, in a relationship I've seen, especially in the personal finance community, a lot of people who come into the relationship you know, like this is emotional risk. I love you. We're going to make this work. And they jointly work to pay off an individual's debt, Hmm. their partner student loans together so that they can pursue other goals together. So, um, yeah, but you definitely want to know what your partner's debt is and what kind of debt it is. Right. Some debt, um, you know, you, they can come after your spouse, right. Your partner for that debt. Um, if you don't pay, um, you know, there's there's people who get collection calls because their mother owes money
0: somewhere.
1: <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> wow. It just yeah. depends. Was your name on the loan? Were you a co-signer? Or are you like, you know, so it really depends um, on what the debt is. But there's some debt that if the partner is not there and you can't pay, then you lose the asset like a home, for example.
2: Right. I think if it's unsecured, it dies with the person. Like you don't, you're not responsible. Not that I do if have the person, hidden unsecured debt. If the person debt. dies, no, I'm saying if they die or the marriage dissolves, oh, the okay. unsecured debt go dies with the yeah, I the unsecured
1: it. debt goes away. But that secured yeah. debt, debt that debt that is tied to an asset, typically yeah. the asset will get taken away. Okay,
0: I feel really dumb. I didn't know what the what the difference between yeah, secured I mean, it's and just like they,
2: think of it this way: like if you own, like let's say you, if you own something and there's debt attached to it, you own the net of that debt. Like okay. the asset is the net of the debt. So if the asset's worth $100,000 and your debt's $50,000, your asset's really 50000 you can look at it that way, or you can look at it that that debt is going to be your responsibility. It's okay. six to one half dozen dollars. Does that make sense?
1: Yes. Okay. But you can see. What- <laughs> you so can you tell- either, it's like a house, right? You you can sell the house and pay the debt, or you can start to pay the mortgage even though the partner is gone. Right. Okay. Okay, I think I got it. You can,
0: you can see who, who's the money person in our relationship. Don't, don't
2: worry, I'll handle it. I'm the
0: creative type, okay? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, that's interesting because I know a couple where she's a doctor and her debt was medical school mm-hmm. and she's the breadwinner and so they work together to pay it off sure. because ultimately she is the breadwinner and he's also benefiting off her having gone to medical school and yeah, yeah. Up being the breadwinner. Again, so. you're
2: doing it for the team, right? It's, yeah, you're in it. Team you're effort. A, you're
0: a team. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. This is an interesting one. I had to Google what a financial mediator was. But how do you know when you need one? <laughs> when you can't stop throwing plates. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, been,
2: right right around the same time you start Googling divorce lawyers. That's probably when around the time. bring out the
1: baseball bat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. So you would say then it's actually kind of extreme. Yeah. Really? Oh, oh. I wasn't sure. No, not necessarily, though. Some people. So let's say we're in a relationship and we're getting divorced now, right? And I just I don't want to deal with you. I don't want to talk to you. You know, I we need a mediator to talk about our finances, or I want to keep our relationship friendly. I don't want to ruin it for our kids. I want it to be amicable. Let's get a financial mediator that could just help smooth out this process so we don't fight. Or we could be fighting and breaking things. And you know what? Before I kill you, let's get a financial mediator to get things.
2: I would be impressed to watch a man tell his wife we need to get a financial mediator in a peaceful, happy way. I would be very impressed. (laughs) That that, that, that would be like like (laughs) Jedi-level marriage skills.
0: (laughs) Well, it's funny because it does... I, I see what you're saying, like, chances are, if you could talk about it amicably, like you say, you probably wouldn't need the mediator yeah, in the it's, first place. It's not, Is yeah, it a me, bit of a catch that's, 22?
2: Yeah. I, I, that's what I think. I'm,
1: and also sometimes, you know, in relationships, when you bring in the emotion, right. Right. Um, and you're you're exiting a relationship, you need to be objective. A lot of people are like, you know, I don't want anything from her. I don't want anything from him. You know, You get the things. Yeah. <laughs> Bring in the mediator. Get the things. Don't walk away from this. Take it all. I'm leaving with my dignity. Take your dignity and take the things.
2: <laughs> <laughs> don't listen to her.
0: <laughs>
2: dignity is plenty.
0: I mean, dignity is priceless. Okay. I don't, this is, I feel like this is starting to get into like legal things, but are there financial benefits to getting married versus staying legally single?
1: Yes. I mean, just given, um, laws in the U S right. Especially when it comes to assets and, um, who gets what if, you are no longer there, right? Uh, I know there is the domestic partnership after a certain amount of years, depending on what state you live in. Uh, but if I'm, if we are dating and we've been dating for six months, and something happens to you and you had a home, I don't think I'm going to get the home. I think the home will go to the next person in the family that's related, right? So um, it really depends. Um, also, there's certain things that, like health insurance that depending on how long you've been together if you have a domestic partnership or not that you can only cover for if you're legally married there's a lot of little nuances like that that you can only get that benefit if you're actually legally married
2: mm-hmm. okay and also the from a tax perspective if you're both yes. big earners you can save a lot
1: yeah I joint taxes like yeah. um otherwise you file separately and there's that you know and just you have a higher tax burden as a result. Um, who claims who, if you have kids, who claims them as dependents on which tax return, because one person is going to have, have a higher tax bill. So it's just the structure of how the institution of marriage is set up in the U.S. Contractual. So just because so many
0: of the questions did involve a discrepancy in income, like what to do if your partner earns way more than you or if you earn way more than your partner, do you have like a sort of one-size-fits-all suggestion for how they should divide expenses and should their savings or investments be shared or, or kept separate given the salary imbalance?
1: Yeah, it depends on their couple, right? There are couples where... um They might be two different incomes that they choose to completely take the lower income and put it towards debt and saving and investment. The higher income is for living or vice versa. Um, There are some couples where, depending on who earns what, they pay the bills based on the percentage of their income, right? So I pay 60 percent, you pay 40 percent because our income levels are different on different things. Um, There are people who are just straight 50-50, doesn't matter what you earn or I earn, which I think can be unfair. Um, and there's just situations where one person shoulders the financial obligations because, because they have another person shouldering the household obligations. So it really depends on the on the couple. I don't have one right way because I might give you a way that does not fit into the way both of you are in your relationship.
2: Gotcha. I, I Yeah, I, I agree with her. It definitely <laughs> depends on the relationship. But there's a, there's a nuance to that that I, I find interesting. What if one of the individuals in the partnership is putting an enormous amount of money to their personal retirement accounts and saying, oh, well, I don't have, you know, I don't have that much money to spend, but it's all going to my retirement. I you think mean that's your,
1: your joint retirement. No, <laughs> your,
2: your individual retirement.
1: Yeah. But remember, it's a marriage. It's our money. It's you and I's money. Mm. Oh, Yeah. So what you're saying is it goes it all be in similar. your name. I have half.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. She's okay. Good. So She's even right. if it is an individual
1: retirement, it really does technically also belong to your partner. Because this is money you're contributing during the process, during the marriage, right? Um, So a 401k can only be in your name and you designate, for example, you designate your beneficiaries as your wife, your kids, et cetera. Um, But if we were to get divorced, that account is going to come on the table as part of the assets.
2: Now, let's just say hypothetically that you were significantly older than your spouse (laughs) and you had almost no chance of ever seeing that retirement account. (laughs) Hypothetically. What
1: point are you making? Date your <laughs> beneficiaries now.
0: <Hypothetically>. <laughs>
2: <Got> <laughs> Make sure
0: your beneficiaries are up to date. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. And I think this could be the last question. And again, this sort of gets into, it's less about specifics with finances and more the dynamics, but I love how open you are about your relationship. Do you think that there's, is there a way that you think people can deal with being with a partner who has really opposite financial views. It's tricky, I know.
1: It is a challenge. And for the most time, unfortunately, when I see it, it doesn't work out. Um, I've seen people tell me, friends, in fact, tell me while they were dating, oh my God, this guy asked to split everything. And the reason for the divorce was because... There's other issues, but oh my God, he was so selfish. He asked to split everything. So I always tell people as you're dating somebody, pay attention. To them and yourself, what can you tolerate? Um, people will always show you who they are. Maybe not by what they say, but by their actions. Right? There are things about me my husband probably can't stand. There are things about him that I'm like that drives me crazy. But I can live with those things, and he can live with those things. They're not deal breakers for us. But there are certain things that I know are deal breakers. So personally, you can I cannot deal with somebody who before we have even left the grocery store, that'd be seventy five dollars and sixty five cents. He owed me. That's that can never work for me. Mm-hmm. It Mm. just can't ever (laughs) But some people are good with that. So as you date, as you go on those dates, as you go on those trips, as you move in together, start to pay attention. And if in your mind you're like, this is a deal breaker, I can't do this, then be honest with yourself. Because when you get to the other side and you find yourself trying to exit the relationship, you're going to reflect and be like, you know, I knew, I Mm. knew, you know, there's certain things about certain people that they just come with and you have to be able to tolerate or not. Yeah. So do you think
0: people can change in that regard? Do you think mm. that's something that you could oh Andy's I shaking bet his head?
2: I'm gonna <laughs> bet on that. Uh, uh,
1: grown adults, um, There there's some things that people are not changing. I mean, people can change in a relationship for various reasons, life circumstances, that's a different conversation. But I mean, if you were splitting seventy-five cents, you're gonna split a hundred dollars, you're gonna split ten thousand dollars. We're always gonna split this money. And if we don't split it because I'm trying to pretend like I don't want the split, I'm going to resent you and it's gonna turn into other problems throughout the no. relationship.
2: Religion, politics, money. If you don't have two out of three eye to eye, you're finished. That's yes, my I
1: agree.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're finished. <laughs> Andy tends to talk in extremes, so I think he feels validated mm-hmm. that the money experts like, I agree. But it is true. I mean to yeah. disagree on more than one of those just sounds exhausting. Ooh, no. Okay, so Bola, thank you so, so much for joining us. Can you please tell our listeners about... You have a new book. One of your two books is recent, correct? Yeah. Learn how investing works and grow your money. Do you want to just tell our listeners about that and... Yes.
1: Well, first of all, thank you for the opportunity to be here and sit with you guys. This has been so amazing. Um, You guys can learn more about me at Clever Girl Finance. As you said, I have a new book on investing. It's called Learn How Investing Works, Grow Your Money. And it basically walks you through how to get started with investing and establish your own portfolios to build long-term wealth for yourself. So this has been such a great conversation and I'm excited um, that I got to chat with you guys. Oh,
2: thank you so much. You're the absolute it's sweetest.
1: We had a real blast with you. Thank you.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> the money on relationships is always interesting. You may get some people say, I don't agree with that, but you know, that's why I'm like every individual figure out what works for you too.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, in the end, money is just a symptom of whether your relationship is solid or not. I, yes. Unless, unless there's major problems, I think it's a symptom of a good or bad relationship. Oh, money. Yep, it is. It is. Yeah, it
1: is. yeah. Like a, I, I think if people struggle to communicate, it just makes everything worse. Okay, so. you got things. Okay, to deal you've with. got children <laughs> and and meetings.
0: Okay. Thank you so much for joining us. We really Thank appreciate you. It. Bye, Bola. Bye. Thanks. Have a
2: good one. Bye, bye.
0: Are you ready to take off your headphones? I'm ready. Prepare yourself. <laughs> Sorry, Vader. Oh, that felt good. Oh, she is lovely.
2: Lovely god
0: yeah. and so knowledgeable i love when she didn't fully know the answer to something she's like i don't know
2: it's great oh uh, i love that in a person very refreshing.
0: yeah she just god she knew so much and i also like how she would bring in her own relationship it makes it a lot more relatable mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. it's like yeah we didn't have prenup we didn't have much money then blah 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 it's just like the simplicity of it and the transparency as well
2: but it's also it just it's the money problems are a symptom of Probably a not great relationship, like the worst money problems that are really extreme. There's probably something a little broken in the relationship, in my opinion.
0: Ooh, I mean, you, I, I think she probably agrees with you, mm. and I don't disagree with you. It's just so tough because, you know, if if you just think about the statistics of it, where which is she said one and two. Relationships end with divorce or marriages end with divorce and the second biggest reason is money mm-hmm. you have to assume that there are a lot of relationships or marriages that are still together where there are money issues and they kind of just make it work you know sure. and, yeah and does that automatically mean that the relationship is bad or not functioning well i don't know it's it's oh. tough. It's a tough topic for a reason. It's so uncomfortable to talk
2: about. Oh, it is, yeah. Especially in America, where it's such a capitalistic society, and it's always like right in your face, like money, money, earn money, money, money. Totally. You know, so it's it's kind of like a it's it, you feel like your manliness is represented by your money, and when you're in a partnership, or you feel like your money is being sort of sucked away from you in ways that you don't necessarily approve of or share in fully. Mm. Um, It starts to cause problems. But but then it gets to my point where if there are no cracks in a relationship and it's a team, it should be a marriage should be like you are like this is a team. Like if somebody strikes out, you pat them on the back and you're like, you know, good, good try. You'll get them next time. Like you really need to think of the team winning and the team winning shouldn't really have an impact on whose money is being spent. That's my opinion.
0: Yeah. No. I, 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 Does that make sense? No. I took it's. Yeah. It's it the queen me, bee. It took theory. me a while. Yeah. Yeah. It took me a while to get there. I kind it took of took me a while. To get I went. There I too. went on a bit of a journey with you. Oh. <laughs> I met you at the end, and I knew oh. what you meant. Yeah.
2: I went on a journey too. I'm not sure I ended in the right place. But my point is, is that um, number one, be very careful who, who you, you marry because money. Because it is contractual. I your your like that she said gone. that. Your money is gone. Yeah. If you have more money than them, your money is now in a pool. Like whether you like it or not, and, and if whether it's not or not in that you pool, sign a prenup. Whether or not you send a prenup. Yeah. As she said. And whether and if it's not in that pool, then there's a problem because you're always going to be fighting. Like, why are you hoarding your money? Like, why can't you put your money towards this? Like, I'm doing housework. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And again, if there's one deadbeat in the relationship, all of this is moot. But we're assuming both people are carrying their weight in some form.
0: Uh, yeah, I liked how she talked about you know, there is no one size fits all, but really what it comes down to is the communication and almost what that represents. Like if you can't even communicate about money and have a conversation without fighting and even come to a consensus on whether you should do joint or separate or whatever, or prenup or no, then that's a red flag unto itself. Right. Given again, we always talk about this. If you're planning on these are like the honeymoon ish stages more or less, usually. You know, you want to get married. This is like a loving time. This, sh- this is when it's going to be the easiest to talk about money, I would think. Sure. Not when you're trying to figure out your kid's tuition or you have medical bills to pay or something. I don't know. You, all these unexpected hurdles get thrown your way in life. It's going to be harder to talk about it then and especially harder if you don't lay down the foundation and the groundwork. Sure. Yeah.
2: I mean, in the perfect world, a marriage financially, it should be like a waterfall. Like it just, who, who it fills the gaps. Like if you're, you have more money, you put in more money. If you have less money, you put in more work in other forms, you yeah. know, and there's always this balance and you never talk about it. It's a given. Yeah, It's like, who's paying for this? I'm paying for this because I have more money and you helped with all this other stuff.
0: Yeah. So. Oh yeah. And I, you've always been really good about that, about recognizing the value. And like you said, in the value in, I love how she took a quiz for it. The things that, I do that. I don't get paid for mm-hmm. that. Are you know, and what that amounts to in terms of a salary. I think a lot of people don't necessarily think of it in those terms enough. Especially using her example, the sort of if you, there are probably men who are the breadwinners and who then feel like they rule the household and they have control over the money D- and they're not daycare, taking into account. Daycare
2: what, costs forty grand a year you know
0: yeah you learned this recently from a yeah. friend of yours and you were I, like i was
2: just like oh. <laughs> no no i'm just kidding but it's 40 grand a year just for daycare just for That's baby prob- i'm
0: sure this is like a new york city price but yes it's
2: okay but he what's said what's crazy it wasn't even is that, that i didn't even spot. bat
0: when you said that when you told me that i was like yeah like it's <laughs> no yeah. this city is just so expensive I, I, know. I but I, that said i'm sure daycare is a considerable expense no matter where you are proportionate to the the, the expenses that you pay to live in whatever city. Yeah. Yeah. I also feel like there's potentially like a cultural thing too, because, well, like she said, she's like where I'm from, we just don't do prenups. And, you know, if I go to the South, I'm just amazed by how men shoulder this financial responsibility, whether or not they make the kind of money proportionate to be doing that. It's just sort of, that's the way it is. And, no one bats an eye and it's almost like their masculinity is entangled with that. And it's it's so weird to me because of where I'm from. But then you go there and it's totally normal to everyone. So it's just I feel like it's like,
2: well, it's they're they're backwards. Not, I mean, in many ways. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean our that. our southern
0: too. listeners are going to love that. No, no
2: I, I meant they're a little back in time in traditional values. In the 50s, the man went to work all day the woman stayed at home was a homemaker and that was the way it was and mm-hmm. things have changed a lot and there are a lot of people who were raised like it's still that way and that's going to take many generations i think to completely shed
0: it's funny because it at the same time i would hate it if a guy split the check on the first date or really on any date i would rather just sort of take turns or if he wanted you know right down the middle of what we paid for groceries it's just it makes my skin crawl but like she said some people are totally fine with that and mm. so there i think there is a cultural aspect
2: definitely based
0: on how you're raised and what is normal for you definitely can we wrap this one on money i think we can yeah should, like, I, should
2: i play the the money riff from pink floyd
0: okay you want to go get your guitar and do it yeah why not are you going to be able to h- handle the pressure
2: i don't know just, there's a lot of pressure <laughs> <laughs>
0: Good. Okay. <laughs> you're all, you're all like, proud of I'm super. not proud. It's terrible. <laughs> I
2: can't ever play on demand. No, you can't. A, a wreck I'm a <laughs> terrible performer.
0: All right. Thank you guys for tuning into this episode of Dear Shandy. This was one of our hot topics.
2: It's very hot.
0: Very hot Too and hot to touch. Hotly requested by you, money has been quite the quite the uh, lightning rod. Uh, hopefully Mm -hmm. we answered some of your questions we got bullet to answer some of your questions today uh let us know do you have any more questions we could do a follow-up and yeah what can people do if they love your shandy andy
2: they can tell their friends
0: they can tell their friends they can leave an itunes review
2: Mm -hmm. they can like us on youtube
0: yes they can also subscribe on youtube
2: and they can leave comments on youtube
0: they can they can also follow us on instagram Very good.
2: I think we got it all. Yeah.
0: Team effort. Nice. Just like finances should be. (laughs) Good tie in. Thank you. Thank you guys for tuning in to this episode of Dear Shandy. And we'll see you next time. Bye. (laughs) Dear Shandy.